Welcome to Beauty Therapy, a podcast for beauty professionals. I'm your host, Kira Doyle. In our industry, we often give so much we forget to leave anything for ourselves. This is your reminder to take care of the many parts of infinite you. Join me on my quest to cultivate self-love, to become the healthiest, happiest version of you so you can be fully aligned with your work, grow your business, and frankly, kick ass. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to Beauty Therapy Podcast. Whether you are going for a run or on your way to the salon, about to hop on a plane, cleaning your house, thank you so much for being here. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk and hang out. I feel like there are so many themes going through my mind, you know, for this episode and and just like in my day right now, there's just a lot of themes. And I think the first one that jumps out to me in the most obvious way is the theme of getting started. I've actually even recorded this first episode intro probably like four or five times right now because I couldn't even figure out how to say hello to you for the first time. I'm kind of nervous. Um, but it's, it's that perfectionist in me that I think can speak to the perfectionist in so many of you. We sometimes use perfectionism as a way to stop us from, from really even just getting started. And what I mean by that is it's easier to say, I'm going to do it again, right? I'm just going to go back. I'm going to start it over again. I'm going to make this part, you know, more exciting or more incredible or whatever it might be, whether it's like you're doing hair or you're recording a podcast intro or you're trying to write a text message to somebody who means a lot to you, right? We have this way of thinking like it's not good enough. It can't possibly go out. No one can see this yet. Let me just keep working on it so that, you know, it it gets perfect and then I'll be able to deliver it. And I feel like this is the killer. It's, it's the reason why so many of us don't get anything out the door, any of our big ideas, because we just keep worrying about the quality of that perfection, maintaining that perfection. And guys, I love for things to be incredible, but at some point, it's just so much more important that we even do it, that we even get started. And then we're just going to work our way from there. So I apologize in advance for the messiness and the lack of perfectionism of uh, what you're about to hear, but we're not going to go backwards. We're not going to go back again. We're just going to go forward. And I'm hoping you guys can take, you know, every stumble along the way as encouragement to you that you can start your thing. Let this be your sign, right? If you're looking for a sign, this is it. Just get started. I think the second theme for today would be around small shifts, right? I don't know about you, but when I used to want to get more connected spiritually, I thought that I needed to go on some, you know, two-week silent retreat, maybe somewhere in Bali, you know, just totally alone. And I've often felt like in order to get healthy, maybe I had to go on like a 40-day cleanse and give up alcohol and just drink celery juice every single morning and all of these other like modalities that we can really kind of take to the extreme. And it's not that the retreat or a cleanse and giving up alcohol like are not not worthy goals because they certainly they certainly can be. A retreat sounds beautiful, actually, but um, but it, it's not always achievable uh, in the now. And when we when we put all that pressure on, you know, these extremes, sometimes we don't even give credit to the small things we can do on a day to day basis to actually get us closer to our goals, whether it is to be more spiritually connected or to be more well Uh, to be healthy, to lose that 10 pounds. We can just like make really small adjustments on a day-to-day basis that end up leading to a huge transformation. That's why I'm super excited about the conversation that I'll be sharing with you today with my friend Shay. 
Shay has a background in wellness. She's been teaching yoga for over 10 years. She reads uh, astrology charts. She has a company called Soul Sunday that is a beautiful line of aromatherapy infused oils. Um, really beautiful. And her background is actually in the advertising world. So she more than anybody understands really the fast moving pace of the beauty industry and gives us these small bite-sized pieces of information that we can start infusing into our day-to-day practices tomorrow or today even, right? To slowly uh, have an impact on the whole transformation, the whole our whole lives can shift. One of my favorite tips, and I won't give any others away, but one of my favorite tips she uh, offers is actually to drink spring water. And at the time that we were recording this episode, I was traveling in California, and so I was I was buying water every single day. And my go-to was always smart water. I never got like excited to buy water before, but after she told me about the benefits of, of spring water and the minerals... I was standing in line at 7-Eleven, like literally grinning from ear to ear (laughs) about like holding this bottle of Evian. And guys, I've gotten excited about buying iced coffee. Of course, I've gotten excited about buying like a new bottle of rosé. I've never been excited about water, um, but it was this whole new mindset of I'm going to choose this one small right thing, right? I'm going to benefit my body in this one way. Um, And it led to a greater sense of awareness and just this overall sense of of well-being um, and that allowed me to make other good choices, right? It kind of just opened up the gates like, okay, you chose this one good thing. What's another good thing you can pick? And it was just this, I don't know, just this joy of being in my body, this joy of giving uh, my body something good. So no matter what your takeaway is from today, I know there'll be something in here for you uh, that will just be a small change you can infuse That's part of a much larger transformation so that you can reach your goals, whatever they might be. And without further ado, my friend Shay. Oh, maybe you can answer this because I heard that people who have very high energy, Uh sometimes it can interrupt the frequency. Is that true? I think it could probably be true. I don't. I have too much experience. I know I think more planetary things can affect technology. Um, Like, you know, if Mercury's in retrograde, I've seen proof of that, you know, coming in and screwing a few things up. (laughs) So, But there'll also be times where I'm in a really like high power, you know, yoga class and the music cuts or, you Mm. know, something comes in. And I find it interesting when technological mishaps happen when you're doing something that's like really forward thinking or elevating because then I think it can be maybe like a lower vibration coming in and kind of trying to like shut that down. So yeah, that's so interesting. (laughs) I think they can, you know, block the light a little bit. So that's more of the stuff I've seen. But, you know, frequency is like everything. I think that's something that is going to get explored a lot more in in the future. So it's very something that I'm interested to see how it grows. Mm. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So perhaps I have no excuse (laughs) and I just need better Wi-Fi. No, it could Um, be. I think your excuse is like, it's possible. Anything's possible. I'm always like, sorry guys, it's my energy. It's too high. You're very like high vibe. So I I like it. You're you're an energizing person. So Mm -hmm. you're very Do you know, do you know your human design? I it's so funny that you say this to me because someone just asked me and I had no idea what it was and they did it and I'm a generator, I guess. Of course you yeah. are. So, and, but, um, I was talking to Kara who is my partner and I was like, I haven't like worked with this too much. She's like, Kara knows everything about it. I was like, Oh, that's so funny. Cause it was literally last weekend that somebody did it for me. Oh my God. That's so, f- did you like go deep into it or did you find out the energy type? They showed was- me like the, um, graph of it and it I just hadn't had enough studying to know what that meant at all Mm. but um he said something that like uh I shouldn't go out and pursue things that I should let things come to me more and that um I was very strong in my root Mm -hmm. area and that I was a generator so nice of course you're so generators are like really sparkly oh and they just have like a warm 
like resounding light to them all the time. Yeah. And they're really calming and a lot of times really grounding. So that makes sense for you with the root chakra. I'm a a generator hybrid. I'm part manifester. Oh, cool. Which is why I'm like a little crazy. (laughs) So it's just like manifesting (laughs) generators. They're like on the ground, but they're kind of like energizer bunny and like boom, 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 boom. And they're always like changing what they want to do. I think they're very Vata. Okay. Yeah, that that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you for making me feel better about not being good at technology. (laughs) I mean, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. So So speaking of Instagram, I haven't seen you in a little while, Mm -hmm. but I was so excited when I found you on Instagram. And I actually found you. I don't know how, maybe it was like, maybe you know. Yeah. (laughs) Recommended. Popped up in the feed. Popped up in the feed. (laughs) Um, But I loved what you were doing. Thank you. So, and you, ha- you kind of came on in like, May- yes, I went all the way back. Uh, May 2nd, actually. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah, I can tell you the date. Okay, um, so great. May 2nd, you joined. <laughs> Did your homework. <laughs> That's like an embarrassing fact no, that you don't want to admit that you know. Like when someone, I, I just sometimes remember people's birthdays too, That's which is great. so weird. Yeah. Like my birthday's coming up next month and I've like met them once and I'm like, oh yeah, like September 17th. Yeah, but that's a, a strength because I'm <laughs> terrible at that. So I'm always embarrassed. Like Some, I, it's usually strangers or like people I like don't know well. You know what I mean? Like I shouldn't know this information. Anyway, um, so May 2nd, you came on the gram. Hit the ground running. How did, how did you find like, so you had, you were in a place before where you weren't really sharing in that way, right? No, was not sharing in that way. I, I struggled a lot with how to bridge social media and, um, you know, like my spirituality or my outlook on life. And, um, I didn't see how they went together, uh, for a long time because, you know, my meditation practice and my spirituality and, and those things are so sacred to me that I, I didn't feel total comfort in sharing it or posting it or or putting it out there for kind of validation because I think social media can can do that and it can get in your head and make you question if what you're doing is right or everyone has opinion and I didn't really want to like put myself out there to be critiqued on my spirituality it just felt um kind of uncomfortable but I saw so many things that were you know skewed and I thought you can't change the conversation without being a part of it and so if I can put my stuff out there and just become very grounded and comfortable in who I am and what I believe. And so I'm not really looking, you know, if if people come on and and they love it, then that's great. And I feel like my posts are very, you know, centered and, and empowering people and giving them love. And if I can put that out to kind of give somebody something during the day, then I just feel like that needs to be the intention of it. And that's what I, what I try to do with it and just break up all the other, you know, nonsense that you might be scrolling through with someone just saying like, hey, take a deep breath and you are loved and you are enough, you know, because social media um, can can be, you know, something that people look at and they compare themselves to and you're seeing the best moments of somebody's life. It's so curated and it can have a really negative effect, I think, on a lot of people. And going back to almost like a tribal way of thinking if you were in a tribe there was somebody who was always the best at something you had the some the person who was best at hunting or the person who's best at gathering or like a shaman figure and everyone always felt like they were needed and that they were enough and that they were valued and now we're in this world where you're seeing the best of the best and and the best moments of the best and so people can feel really i think down on themselves and really judgmental of themselves and like they're what's the point of me going and doing that there's somebody that's doing it 10 times better and I just think we need to get back to just knowing that we all have something to offer and we are you know all worthy and we are all loving beings and you know to find more of a community rather than a comparison Mm. I could not I could not agree more Mm. I'm so glad that you are in the space with us now I feel like it's so needed with us as though I'm representing (laughs) everyone on Instagram (laughs) Thank you for for coming, Shay. Yeah, thank Um, you. No, but I live, and I also, you know, from stalking you a little bit. um, (laughs) By the way, Shay's Shay's a friend, okay? Um, It's not that weird. But um, but I I found that you have this really beautiful practice Mm. and business. Yes. Yes. And and the business is called Raising Lions. Raising Lions. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah. um, So I've, you know, been in LA for over two years now and it, it is, 
you know, almost like the spiritual buffet. It's like take your pick of what practice you want to, you know, dive into, which is really great. But it took me a little while to figure out, you know, what is it that I connected the most and what is it that I want to offer? And it's been, you know, within this year that I feel like it's really come together for me. And um, I have been working with people individually and doing some things on the side, but it just felt like the right time to put something out as a greater offering to to people. So I have a website and there's a couple of different things you can do with me. And uh, like from, I have something called the 11 sessions, which is like an 11 week program where I work one-on-one with people and kind of just help them evolve. And then 11% of what they, you know, invest in the course goes to charity at the end. And so you give back at the end of it. And um, I just know what the work's done for me. And now it just feels like such a crucial time to offer something like that to others where they can build a self-care routine and have a grounding practice and just this toolkit to get them through whatever they're Mm. working through right now. So can you tell us a little bit about what's in the toolkit? I saw some astrology and some yeah. kundalini yoga. Yeah, so that's kind of where I've landed. Evolutionary astrology and kundalini um, go well together. And I use them. Just your natal chart, I think, is is so comforting for me. It's something that I can look at. And when I'm feeling just like out of alignment or like I'm working through something, I can track it in my natal chart. And it just makes me feel like, I'm always on track, you know. What is the natal chart? So the natal chart is where every planet was um, when you were born, the exact minute of your birth. So everyone's is different. It's like a thumbprint. And, you know, knowing the planets and what they represent and and how they can affect you, you know, where they're placed in your chart is something that can just be really empowering. You know, it's, I think I grew up and I felt really different than, than a lot of people and, even my siblings, we were also had such individual personalities and I kind of felt like an oddball, which I think is common. I think a lot of people are like, well, no one's exactly like me and I don't really know how to like navigate this, you know, Mm. (laughs) so I think when you can look at your natal chart and you can say, oh, that's why I have, you know, an issue communicating or this is why relationships might be harder for me or that I'm moving through something in my career right now. It's like, I think it's just really helpful that it's some sort of guidance that's not even from a person. It's from something that's greater than you that was set into motion the minute you were born. Mm. And then is is it kind of like a combination of um, what was put, you know, what was set up for you in advance, but then also exactly where you landed to the parents that you were with, like to all of the conditioning that happens between you know zero to to seven or fourteen years old. Like that that plays into it as well, right? Yeah, I think. it's it's an interesting thing to think about like what's predestined and what's mm-hmm. you know something that you have control over it's I, I don't know the exact line of where that ends and where <laughs> it begins and um, I think for me evolutionary astrology shows that you know everyone is so individual in how their life path is supposed to play out for them to land where they're supposed to land and from for them to evolve in the way that they're supposed to evolve and I think when I've had difficulties with people in my life or I just feel like oh we're so opposite their way of thinking is so different from mine you can understand that they're moving through something that they're supposed to move through for them Mm -hmm. to evolve in a certain way that's different from me and it's not better or worse it's just how they you know we're supposed to come here and and learn and adapt to their situation so um, I think of course you know parenting and maybe where you grew up has something to do with it. But I, th- I think from working with little kids, um, you know, you, you really have a very strong personality from a very young age. Mm-hmm. It's something that I think is really interesting that like I'll talk to like little four-year-old kids and they're very set in who they are. Like, you know, and I think sometimes we can just kind of come in and put our belief system on them and throw them off in that way. But I do feel like most of the times we actually have a lot at a very young age that is is there and accessible and then it can we can lose track of it and then have to get back on track Mm. yeah yeah that makes sense and how did you find how did you find this practice well um it's I had heard of kundalini for a long time or well now I'm switching to kundalini um (laughs) (laughs) I want to know about both because kundalini is more of my daily practice evolutionary astrology is something that I call like a tool in my toolkit that if I'm going through something, I'll look at my chart and see what's happening in in that chart. Like right now, Venus is in retrograde. 
my boyfriend, I was just irritated with him for like, I couldn't place my finger on why I was irritated with him, but like he was just bugging me like Mm. so much. And, um, sometimes if you don't know that something's going on, you can say like, oh my gosh, like, am I in the wrong relationship? And all you can downward spiral, you know, Mm -hmm. and just like start questioning why you're having this. And Venus in retrograde is a time to go inward and to not make any rash decisions because you're kind of like re you're just like meant to go inward and it doesn't probably have to do with him at all which it doesn't for me doing my journaling Mm -hmm. (laughs) um (laughs) but it has to do with how I you know go about seeking validation and and a whole bunch of things but Mm. um through seeing that Venus in retrograde I can make sense a little bit more of like that feeling that Mm -hmm. and where it's coming from and what it's actually asking me to look at and if we don't have that sometimes I think the outward projection can throw us for a loop and we can just feel lost totally yeah and so that's how I used that and then kundalini I found um I had heard about kundalini from other teachers and it was something I felt like I always knew I would try but it can be a little bit um interesting in the way people describe it because it can be like oh I had my kundalini rising or I had my kundalini awakening or I had this you know, experience. And what does that mean? What's a Kundalini awakening? So basically there's this dormant energy that's in the body. And when you do Kundalini, um, really correctly, it's supposed to raise that energy in a, in a very subtle way so that it's a process, but you do have certain experiences with it. If, Mm -hmm. If you have like, I mean, people who are like, I did Kundalini once and I, I had a crazy experience and you know, I, I couldn't sleep for three days or there's people who get really extreme with it, but if you're actually doing it the correct way, mm-hmm. it should be very subtle. And it's just a, a shift that starts to happen that brings you kind of into a more meditative state, a more connected state to your mm-hmm. consciousness. But, uh, yeah, I never really take it seriously when people get like too crazy about <laughs> their kundalini, yeah. like awakening or rising or, I've um, never, I've never practiced, but I, I was reading about it because I kept getting a weird feeling like mm-hmm. I need to try. Like I, yeah. I heard if you if something comes up for you three times, right? Yeah. And it was coming up for me like a lot more than that. I was like, I really want to do this. And then um, I didn't like a lot of things that yeah. I keep feeling, right? But I was researching it and I was reading about how there's like, it's an element of like discomfort. Is that is that like something your body, it's the repetition or like a, a pain point it, it can be it's it's interesting because um my experience with it has been there's there's some things where you're doing that are like your arms are extended to the side you're having to hold your arms up in the air um for not a crazy amount of time but something that you, you're not used to doing it's it's different from a, like a vinyasa class or, or a mm-hmm. hatha class or something um but i think the discomfort comes in your subconscious getting very uncomfortable with the fact that it's being asked to you know shift because Mm -hmm. kundalini comes from such ancient traditions of basically connecting you to something higher than yourself which we don't probably do enough during the day and so when you first start practicing like if I asked a grown man like hold your arms above your head for three minutes like I'll give you a hundred dollars there wouldn't be like an issue he would be able to do it but for some reason in a kundalini class like it becomes so difficult. It's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't really make sense, but there is a discomfort, but I think it's more mental than physical. It's yeah. really interesting. <laughs> I I did a, um, when I did my yoga teacher training, uh, vinyasa years ago, um, I remember we did arm raising mm-hmm. and that was for me one of the most like transformative experiences of, of, of in that point, like of my life. Yeah, It was one hour of arm raising and I felt like I was being, Honestly, I said out loud, you say a lot of things out loud when you got to hold your arms. I was like, is this how Jesus felt? Like I thought I was be, I felt like being crucified. Honestly, it was so pink. Your whole body feels like it's like pulling you down. Your arms are burning. And, and I remember the teachers were walking around and they're saying like, you can't keep your arms up and hold your emotions together at the mm. same time. So yeah. if there's something inside of you, you have to let it go. Totally. And I was like, I'm not going to cry. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. And then there's this point. So you keep, we keep moving your arms and there's this point where you bring your arms up together overhead and they clasp, right? And you get yeah. to hold your own hands. And that's when I felt this like relief in yeah. my, in my arms and my body. And I knew I could take care and love myself. Yeah. My life's work. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's when I kind of lost it. I was like, yeah. oh my, no, like I've got myself. Like I'm, I love myself. Like, it was this mind blowing experience yeah. all, all caused by, you know, discomfort. Yeah. When you were practice, when you first practiced, like your first Kununalini class mm-hmm. ever, right? Going there. Um, what was, what was it like for you? Did, did something, what, what inside of you made you go like, okay, this is something I have to keep doing. Yeah. Well, um, it's really interesting. I, I moved to California after I went through a difficult time cause I had an end of a relationship an end of an engagement and I took some time for myself and, and then I met a friend and she was like, you should really come to Kundalini. And like you said, it had been mentioned to me enough where I was like, okay, I, I do feel like now's the time. And it's funny looking back on it because, um, I went with like soaking wet hair. I was in like a bright orange sweatshirt like the tradition is you wear white normally and you like wrap your head I was just like couldn't have looked more not the part at the time um no expectation like just I I didn't know it was going to happen and I went in and within the first 15 minutes I was just like tears strolling down my face strolling I don't know that, yeah they yeah, were sure str- they were strolling, <laughs> they were strolling along <laughs> Um, but it was strange because I didn't necessarily feel sad. It was just like something was releasing and something was shifting and something was getting the space to, you know, have its moment that I don't think I was tapping into before. And there was something just very comforting about it. Um, and I think especially not being from California and not really having much of a real connection here. I'd only been here, I think like three months before I took my first class. It just felt like a hug or something it really Mm. was very therapeutic for me and I continued with it and I was like in it like from from my first class I think three months later I was waking up and doing like the 4 a.m sadness for like two hours and did my teacher training and I've been like just I mean it's totally changed my life in a way that I haven't found with anything else and um I just felt you know, if you believe in past lives and things, I don't know if it was my first time doing it. My reaction was so strong to it. I was like, oh, so it almost felt like you were coming home to it. Yeah, it just felt yeah. like, oh, finally, now like I'm, I, you know, made it back yeah. to, to having it because it's, yeah, I think in, it makes so much sense because in the world that we're in right now, we're so overstimulated and this, this yoga was given for this technological age to, for us to be able to balance that out. And I think there is such a need, uh, for us to be able to have those kind of inward experiences where, where, you know, doing something that connects us to something, like I said, higher than yourself and giving you consciousness and awareness. And it helps you navigate everything that's going on right now because it is so crazy like if you think I was talking to somebody the other day about like blockbuster about like renting movies Mm -hmm. and like that wasn't that long ago that like you couldn't even like you had to go rent a movie from like somewhere else and (laughs) like it wasn't like you had a million options and uh the iPhone it's like I didn't have that in high school you know like that's new that's it seems like so normal now but this is also new and I think mentally we're not quite there to be able to to you know process everything because it's so much so much information coming at us all the time so much yeah there's so much there's so much information and there's so many options yes and I I wonder sometimes if it makes us you know as a society like less happy because Mm we always say what if I would have done what if I would have picked that one even this morning like you know Dom and I were walking around uh Santa Monica like a beautiful 70 degree morning and there was like two acai bowl options <laughs> and that was actually a moment of stress for us of like which one do we choose which yeah. one has the best rating let's go on yelp did you go on yelp did you check well this one has four and a half well this one only has 40 people that reviewed it so maybe it's yep. not, right and it was this moment i'm like I, we got to snap out of this like this isn't it's not my life isn't going to hinge on my acai experience this morning like it yep. you know but there is so much information there's so many options and I think that we all desperately need something that can ground us a little bit more yeah. and make us feel you know just correct being where we are yeah definitely I think there's um there's so many options and um it's it's a little unnatural <laughs> I think honestly uh and I know that you you know one of your points of this podcast is is giving people those kind of tools to be able to, well, what do I do? Like, what are these things that I can do uh, if I am feeling anxious or depressed or Mm -hmm. overwhelmed or, 
you know, like disconnected. Um, I think it's like we can make it so simple, you know, like it's like you can go walk outside like barefoot and connect and ground yourself back down. You can um, drink like spring water that has like some life to it rather than like tap water. You can um, try to like not be around fluorescent lights so much. And, you know, I try to use like incandescent bulbs in my house. Um, and you can, you know, you can do these things that get you back to nature, back to the basics, back to the way that we kind of functioned before all this stuff came in because I, yeah, unfortunately our brains are having a little bit of trouble right now, I think, having to process everything. Yeah. Um, so my main things are, you know, coming back to the breath, coming back to the things that we did before so that it can be comforting to us get out in nature you know go on a hike that's it changes I think our frequency back to calmness because Mm -hmm. I don't know you know especially in LA and New York and places that are so overstimulating we can't even restore during sleep like it's hard to even stay healthy with all of these things so Mm -hmm. um I think we just need to know we're all in it together you know it's not an individual experience right now it's you know, to be human right now on this earth is a very interesting time <laughs> to <laughs> come here yeah. and experience it. So we're, we are in it together, but there are things that you can do to make it easier for yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of po- polarity mm-hmm. in it because we have so many tools now. Like we can just go online and look up anything that we want, Definitely. right? We have information like coming to us through podcasts, coming through us to social media about health and wellness and spirituality, like all these things that may not have been at our fingertips. But then to your point, we have crazy fluorescent lighting Mm -hmm. and blue lights when we're trying to fall asleep and night mode on your phone. Always. Always. (laughs) Everyone's like, why is your phone orange? I'm like, oh my goodness. Like blue light. You just just watch for it because it's so bad for you. It really is so unnatural so is that a recommendation mm-hmm. just always put mm-hmm. that's like one thing people can always. do today so easy yeah put night mode on your your phone it's going to turn it amber you're going to get used to it it's okay but you know in nature you never see blue without gold or like red or, or those things combined it's it's so unnatural to just stare so much at blue lighting mm. because even like the only time there was light if you go back to tribal times was like fire which is amber um, and even during the day, if you stare up at the sky, it's blue, but there's also like the sun that's influencing that blue. So it's, it's not totally blue. So we're not made to look at blue light. Um, and you can look into this. It's, it is true. <laughs> Yogi's giving like scientific, like <laughs> recommendations, but it is true. And, um, I also say, turn your phone on airplane mode when you sleep, because mm-hmm. when it's, uh, it's not on airplane mode, it's constantly searching for a signal. So especially if you sleep with your phone next to you at night, it, it really affects um, your restorative sleep cycles to have that like kind of thing Oh, that going like off. Frequen- that frequency. Back to frequency. Yeah, back but to it's frequency. like, yeah, right mm-hmm. by your head. Yeah. So super simple. Yeah. Just put on airplane mode at night. And even if you're in the car, especially because the car kind of like amplifies that that signal and frequency. So if, if you're driving, if you can mm. have it on airplane mode too. That's why planes have you turn it on airplane mode because they don't want all those frequencies. That like, makes so much. Of course yeah. it is. Right? Right? Yeah. So it's like disruptive enough disruptive. to possibly, you know, crash a plane. <laughs> crash a plane. <laughs> yeah. But it's okay for me to use it, like put it under my pillow. Okay. And have <laughs> get on a your hip all the time. Oh, and yeah. yeah always on your person. It. Always on you. So uh, yeah, that's, that's a very, I think, like simple thing that you can... So if you guys want to carry your phones on you all the time, just put them on airplane mode and change it to night, uh, night light. I think it's called night Night shift or night night mode. But yeah, even if it's on you and you're not looking at it, just put it on airplane mode and then it's exciting. You turn it back and you have like a million texts and you're like, I'm so, wow, look at all this. And then you get that dopamine hit. (laughs) That addictive dopamine hit. (laughs) But um, yeah, I love giving this stuff because it's, it's so, you know, doable and there are little shifts that can really help so yeah definitely I want to I want to go back thank <laughs> you back. I want to go back because you are right now living in Santa Monica yes um working in this amazing practice that mm-hmm. you've created for yourself right yes. and you're so integrated into all of these you know practices mm-hmm. and tools that have helped you so much yes um can you tell us a little bit about where you started where, where you're from and yeah. you know just kind of the journey to getting here yeah definitely okay so I'm from um, Plymouth Massachusetts and I lived there uh, for most of my life until I, I went to college in St. Augustine Florida and that was like my first experience pretty much outside of Massachusetts <laughs> and um, it was great I found yoga then when I was I think a sophomore 
um, in college and it was Bikram yoga. So, oh, you went right in. I went right in, but that was the thing that at that time was very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and you know, yoga wasn't as big on the East coast and, um, I still wish that it was a little bit more, you know, accessible there and that, I actually think in like elementary school, they should start with like mindfulness. Same. It's just like crazy that we'd have zero. When um, I was younger though, that. I couldn't concentrate on breathing like in class. Like my, sometimes we did have people that would say, okay, take a big deep breath in and a big deep breath out. And it was so foreign to me that yeah. I would, my heart would start racing. Wow. Yeah. Cause I've never been asked to slow down before. Right. And like I would start, I don't know if this has ever happened to anybody, but I would start feeling like I don't remember how to breathe Yeah. because mm-hmm. someone was giving me breathing cues. And yeah. so I would think, how did I ever breathe before this? What if I'm going to die? Yeah. Yeah. It, and then it's crazy now that I can actually get into it, but I feel like some people probably still experience oh, that. I'm like sure. it's so hard to follow breathing. It, it's, it's like a second language. Yeah. My biggest pet peeve is how, the, but the expectation that people have about how it should be the first time they do a breath work practice or a meditation that they should just be able to do it. And then they get so discouraged and they never do it again. And I try to be like, you know, this, it's not so easy for everyone to connect with the breath or to sit in silence and not have their mind racing. And that doesn't mean you're doing it wrong or that you're not meant to do it. It just takes a little practice like anything else. It's a practice. Mm-hmm. So I, I always try to tell people to not be hard on themselves the first time that they go into these things because I think it can be really discouraging, especially when you see everyone, like I said, doing it perfectly or having the perfect practice on Instagram or that all just drives me nuts. Like mm-hmm. it's like just you know, make it yours and maybe breath work isn't your thing. And maybe it's more doing mantra or like singing or, you know, sitting by the ocean and closing your eyes. Like it's, it can be whatever you want it to be. And there's no right or wrong and there's no, you know, doing it better than anybody else. And so I really try to get that, that out there. But going back to my, um, living journey, in Florida, living in Florida. And then, um, I went back to Massachusetts, got a job in marketing, which is, I think, the time that we first met, um, which at the, at that part of my life was exciting because not a ton of people were getting jobs straight out of college at that time. Zero. Yeah. One of them. <laughs> Very rare. <laughs> it was, was the you. one. Thanks. I know, no pressure or anything. And on paper, it was great. And, and straight off the gate, it was great. I was getting to work on these huge accounts. Uh, doing some awesome projects, traveling. Had you a, were work. You were working in video, right? Video, yeah. Mm-hmm. Video doing. So not only that, but you had like a cool creative. It was cool. She it was like this cool awesome creative girl who I was, was yeah. filming and editing videos. Editing. Uh, living in the city, had my own two bedroom apartment. Like it was, you know, it was straight out of college. It was the dream, um, and it really was for a little while. And then, um, slowly, I just started just it was like burning out like it was it, mm-hmm. I mean when I say we would work till four in the morning most nights you were eating every meal at the office and um it just got to be where I was seeing things like people miss their kids birthdays and like a lot of drinking and a lot of things that I was like even if I stayed and I worked I don't know if I'd actually want to like get promoted because the promoted people just it became their life. And I was always, you know, kind of like a work to live, not live to work mentality. And I just thought like, I don't think this is my place, which was such a hard revelation because everyone was so proud of me. And I was like this like success story. And um, I it, coming down from that, was <laughs> it, it didn't make sense because you, you think the American dream, here I am, like it, nothing is necessarily wrong except I am not happy um and having to navigate that it really took me six months before I even talked to anyone about it because I felt like what do I really have to complain about mm. um what what did like what were those moments started so you started feeling burnt out yeah. right and recognizing looking around recognizing I don't really want to be any of these people here and what did that feel like when did you know I can't do this anymore I think it was like one weekend where I finally got off and I, I took a train back to see my family and I had just gone off the train and they called me and was like, you need, they were like, you need to come back. And I was like, oh my gosh, seriously? Like I, and I had to go back to the office and I think, you know, 
it it just I didn't see the point anymore I think that's probably when I was just like I I just feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do I'm not contributing in the way that I'm supposed to I didn't feel passionate about the work I was doing anymore Mm -hmm. I think it can be tricky when you're a creative person and of course you love being creative and I love doing video I got into it because of home videos when I was a kid and I thought like I would watch them and watch them and watch them and I thought like this is me and I don't remember it but it's not anyone else's story of me I'm watching myself and I I thought like this is magic like it was really magical to me and I was just obsessed with it and I thought of course this is what I'm going to do for a job and then I think once I actually did it as a job, the way that I explained to people, it's like, it's knowing that you're really good at like painting a landscape and that's like your passion and you're like, feel like so blissful when you're doing it and you're so proud of that work. And then it's like somebody giving you a coloring book every day with one crayon and being like, stay in the lines, stay in the lines, stay in the lines. You know, it just, it took all the love that I had for it going into it away. And that's when I know it, knew it just wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. Mm. And so from that realization, I just went total rogue and I decided I was going to backpack Europe and (laughs) go to South Africa. I went total under the spectrum. I was like, I don't want to be editing these commercials. I want to be the one out traveling and shooting. And uh, so I came up with this grand plan to backpack Europe for two months and all these cities I was going to go to. And then I was going to go volunteer in South Africa and... Uh, I had like this soundtrack for this documentary that I wanted to like shoot and I just played it like over and over and over again. I just pictured like what it would be like until I was like, I have to do this. Like this Mm -hmm. is more than a dream. This is like a calling to like really do this. And so I had to break the news to my parents that I um, (laughs) was going to be leaving this job with great benefits and uh, they took it well. I think they were confused for a little while. Oh, the benefits are all the benefits uh, and the, yeah, the, you know, all this stuff. They just want to know that they want me to be secure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then my friend, our friend Kara, mutual friend Kara, she's like, wait, I'm coming too. And that was like the best because it came to fruition and we did it. And it was the, one of the best times of my life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was a total, uh, divine experience. We were like just so held everywhere that we went and it couldn't have been better. And I shot, a documentary asking people what the meaning of life was and would just go up to strangers and because I think that was my question coming out of this marketing job um which should have made me happy why am I not does anyone else feel this mm-hmm. way or what do other people think that life's about and that was very informative and special experience for me and then I went and lived in South Africa for three months and worked with kids and yeah I think that really helped turn me into to the person that I am mm-hmm. now so it was, a lot of it sounds like it was about unbecoming versus, you know, it's about giving up the projects and giving up the expectations uh, that people had kind of expect, you know, expected yeah. from you and then just getting some time to be with yourself. It was, it was a total, like, I have to figure this out for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and people will say things to me, like from the things that I've done, like, you're so brave, you're so strong. And I, I think I can see that, but I also think for me, it was, it was literal like survival. Like there just wasn't another option for me to, to stay. It just, I, it would have crushed me, I think, to just keep, keep doing it. And so I, I needed to, it wasn't a want. It was like, I really needed to go. Um, and yeah, I, I'm really glad that I did. And I I trusted myself at such a young age to make that decision when a lot of people were trying to, to talk me out of it. And um, yeah, it was really special and I'm, I'm proud of myself that I was able to do that. And then I, from there, I did meet the person who turned into my fiance, which in South Africa, in South Africa. Yeah. And, um, which, you know, we went into it with the best of intentions, but there were some things that, you know, came up and, um, I was thinking about it today cause it's, if this came up, how I would kind of talk about it. And it is kind of like my message for everyone listening. It's like, you can, you have two real options. It's like you can do something from fear or you can do something from love. And I think that that's really what it comes down to and what your motivation is behind what you do. And the reason that engagement ended was because we were both in it from the fear of losing each other and from the fear of having to let people down. If, you know, ending an engagement is not an easy thing to do when everyone's so excited Mm -hmm. for you. And, um, but if it was coming from love, which in the end, I do think we 
you know, chose out of love for each other because we weren't making each other happy anymore to let the other person go. But fear could have been the motivator in keeping us together. Mm. And so sometimes, even though it's a hard thing, if it's coming from love, it's always the right thing. And that's how I choose to look at how that experience went. Um, and then from there, I moved to California. And then that kind of comes back to when I found Kundalini. And then here I am now. So it's been a journey. But yeah, it's like I say, a book you want to keep reading because you never know what's going to happen next. <laughs> I love that. And I love the um, message you just said about making choices from fear or from love. I think it's, I think sometimes in relationships too, if both partners aren't really in a, in a positive or healthy mindset themselves, they would always look at it. Ending a relationship could never be from love. Right. And I think that's so beautiful that you guys were able to see that. And, and now you're like living your most authentic life here. Yeah. Yeah. I and think you look so great. Thank you. I'm so happy. <laughs> I am. And it's, yeah, it's, you have to relearn for yourself. You know, it's, it's, everyone's going to have their own way, but I, I think it's healthy to figure out like what your stance on something is and what you believe and what motivates you as, as an individual person. And, um, it would be easy for me to be angry about that situation or resentful, but it doesn't serve me and I don't think that's the reality of how it was some people are meant to be here for an extended amount of time some people come into our lives for a shorter amount of time Mm -hmm. and that's okay and I choose to still love him and I think he would say the same thing so that's a great situation um and I think it's great because I can talk about it and I think sometimes people get you know so burdened by their you know letdowns or breakups or or you know losing a job or something they hold it in and they're ashamed of it and they're embarrassed of it and it, it gets all this control over them I couldn't talk about that situation for a while and it was such a weight on me to not be able to talk about it and um I think it's really healthy to be able to come to some sort of place in your life where you're able to talk about things that are harder because it connects us all and it's way more freeing to be able to be open about it and vulnerable and and to have, you know, comfort with how your life has played out and, and know that it's it's all happening how it should be happening. Mm-hmm. Did, did looking at your natal chart help you with that? You know, I did trace it back to the end of the year <laughs> <laughs> just to see if there was any <laughs> indication. I hadn't ever seen a natal chart um, at that time in my life. And there were a couple of things that would signify uh, that. But, yeah, I mean, you know, you just – you use – you know, at the end of the day, it's like we are all intuitive. And at that time, there were gut, st- gut instincts in me that knew it was just the right thing to do. And I was also getting really sick mm. because my body was telling me that it, I wasn't in a good place. And we all have these things that assist us to guide us. And I think that's really helpful if we can tap into it and listen to it. And um, so, yeah, it's it is interesting to look, to put in different dates on your chart and see exactly yeah, what's happening. what was going on? Yeah, we lost my grandfather recently and there are some things in like my chart I think that helped me see that like that was his time to go and that it was kind of predestined and um, yeah, I think, you know, whatever it is, there's so many things that you can connect with and use and like you said, I think that is the beauty of having access to, that is the benefit of the access to the information that you can whether it's human design or astrology or vinyasa or kundalini or meditation or you just have to find the thing that that gives you comfort and that you can you can lean on and as long as you have something i think that's that's great it doesn't matter what it is yeah i love that and i also Mm -hmm. feel like not all not everything that we do is meant to be um our ultimate to your point or our success story like and so much of the way that we learn is through living and finding out what doesn't work and so like that job that wasn't right for you you never would have known how you felt about and especially you being a generator too everything comes as from a sacral response Mm -hmm. right so your gut feeling on stuff but you would never know if it wasn't right or if it wasn't for you until you lived it right and actually had had the two-bedroom apartment in the city and the you know health benefits and everything that came from a stable career or everything that came from this like very romantic relationship like all I mean that you met in you know South Africa yeah. like all of these things it's like 
to us they sound alluring or they sound exciting and a part of us is called to do it so that we can live it and learn it and then come out on the other end and like go like yeah that was all part of my journey to bring me here yeah it's so true it's so true and it it allows you to connect to different people in in substantial ways because unless you've gone through heartbreak then if somebody's telling you about their heartbreak you can't really like meet them at that place and say oh I know that I know exactly how you feel and it, it is going to, you know, get better or whatever connection comes from that. Or you can't connect to someone who's lost someone until you've lost someone. Mm-hmm. And it, um, it allows you to just access a different part of yourself that you didn't know was there. And it, it's all a gift. It really yeah. is. That person's my mom. She's been with my dad since they were 16. Mm. So I remember like I broke up with a boyfriend in uh, high school and I was crying and she's like, what do I do? <laughs> what do we do? Oh yeah, she's like, I have no tools. For she's this. like, unfortunately, your dad and I never broke up, and we're <laughs> and we're still together. So I don't know, uh, but so now funny. we have you, so <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, no, I definitely, I, I think it it's so hard to recognize those moments that it's a gift, like when you're in oh, it. Oh, for sure. Um, but it it so is. Yeah. So what what advice? Because you've been through so many tr- like uh, transitions. What would a piece of advice you have for somebody who's thinking about maybe they're leaving a job or leaving a relationship or something that's not right for them? How, how do you, how did you find the courage to, to do it? I think, um, you have to just trust yourself. And I think it's so easy to make excuses for why you should stay if you know that you should leave. And, um, I think sometimes people have this really bad feeling around the word selfish. And I kind of understand that. But at the end of the day, if you're not happy or fulfilled, you're not really being the greatest version of yourself. And you're not able to give the greatest version of yourself to anyone because you're sacrificing your happiness for others. And I don't think that makes you the person that you're meant to be. Um, I've gotten really a lot more comfortable with being selfish and having self-care. Self-care, I think, is something that is so important for you to be the best version of yourself who who then can help others and be the best wife or be the best girlfriend or be the best mother. Like, you need to be your best self first before you can give that to others. I think sometimes we do it reverse and we say, well, Mm. if we're the best girlfriend or if we're the best mom or if we're the best worker, then we're going to feel our best. And I don't know if it actually you know, goes like that. I think you can end up feeling resentment. And, um, I can so, (laughs) I can so relate to that. And that's so much about the mission of, of what I'm trying to do with this podcast is to like drive that self-love point home. And even in, even in doing this, I'm like, Oh, I better, I can't be an (laughs) imposter. I have to actually really practice this yeah, because it it can so relate. It just, it's such a game changer. So what, um, this was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you, but how, how do you incorporate self-love into your life? Like what is your favorite ways? Hmm. Honestly, I think just, trying to find joy in this experience because we're not here for that long and I think we can lose sight of that and you know there's so much beauty to be seen in this world and I think when I just try to come back to that that you know I am here for a reason every morning I wake up means that there's a reason why I'm meant to be here and that I have to make the time and space to be able to be present and to bring happiness and joy into my life and it has to be a conscious choice for me to invite that in we can be so mean to ourselves like I I will watch my mind sometimes in the way that it judges myself or how hard I can be on myself and I would never want somebody to talk to somebody the way that sometimes we let our minds talk to ourselves and so I think being conscious of like what are you thinking about yourself like what what's going on in your mind and and how is it affecting your day-to-day life? And I just try to catch myself, you know, if, if I'm being overly hard on myself or beating myself up, I try to catch it in the moment and replace that with like a loving thought, like you are doing your best and, and talking to myself almost like how you talk to a friend mm. um, and reassure them and just be like, you're doing your best. You are a good person. You don't need to do this, this, and this for it to add up to you being a good person. You already are a good person and you're so worthy of love and you're so worthy of abundance. And 
and talking to yourself the way that maybe no one ever pulled you aside and said those things to you growing up. And you don't have to wait for somebody to come in to give you that validation. You can, you can do it for yourself. And I think just trying to overdo the kindness because we don't have enough of it here right now. And, um, I think that's the main way. And I, and that's something that I think takes some time to, to come into that practice. But once you do, it can fulfill you in a way that your cup is already full and you don't need that job or that, you know, boyfriend or any of those other things to come fill you up. You're already full. And from that place, you will automatically choose the best decision for yourself Mm -hmm. and you'll, and you'll draw in the best things for yourself. And I think that's, that's my biggest, um, tip and then if you if you can get into like you know a a thing where you set a time for yourself every day to make that space for yourself I think that that can be really helpful but first I think it starts with being mindful of of the Mm. way that you're already operating and then making you know adjustments to that and yeah and just just like starting to notice right just starting to notice yeah and I don't like to tell I mean for me it's been kundalini but everyone's going to have their thing and I don't want anyone to feel like they're doing it wrong. So that's why I don't want to say, well, if you wake up at 4am and you do the sadhana, your life will change and everything will happen. Like, yeah, for you, maybe it will. For me, it has, but maybe for you, it's going on a run every day and that, you know, it does something for you or praying to whoever you pray to. And that connects you to something. I think just make that time for whatever it is that gives you like a sense of your shoulders coming down and you coming back to something that's greater than you. And putting everything into perspective and knowing if you're thinking too much in the future or if you're thinking too much in the past and you know what's actually the reality and you know bringing love into any situation that you can and understanding Mm. I read somewhere that I read somewhere that said if you are um if you're anxious uh it's because you're thinking too much of the future Mm -hmm. and if you're depressed it's because you're thinking too much of the past yeah I think that (laughs) can be very true yeah I catch myself always mm-hmm. in either oh, one, yeah. right? And for sure, it's, I, I'm it's such a work in progress with this, but it's just for like, sure. well, let's just be here now. Mm-hmm. And then when you're here now, it's usually pretty good, right? Definitely. And yeah. if you're somewhere that's really challenging and you don't want to be here, like then be here anyway and see what it is that's going on. And then that's how you actually change it. Because yeah. if you're always just like skipping ahead to like, well, I'll be happy when... I get explained like that, that when will never come because you, sure. you're not facing like the, the now. Yeah. And it's, it's such empty promises because X, Y, and Z, that's not that, you know, you see millionaires that are like so unhappy and it, it's not, it's never outside of yourself. And that is really, I think the truest thing that I can say to you, it's never, you're never going to be happy when you get that car or when you get that house or when you're married or when you have those kids. I really think you have it inside of yourself and if you keep putting it outside of yourself it's gonna it's gonna just be a more difficult time because it's all inside of you and even when we breathe like you know yes we can take a deep inhale and a deep exhale but we also go to sleep at night and we're still breathing and that's because there's something moving through us that's bigger than us that's keeping us going that's amazing like Mm -hmm. there's so many miracles around us and so much beauty around us that we just take for granted every day because we're used to it. But it's like, it's amazing. Like the fact that we're even like can heal ourselves, like we get scratched, we can heal, like that's amazing. And Mm -hmm. the flowers and the plants and we can, I mean, you know, just don't take it for granted. All the miracles that are happening around you every single day that are crazy. I wish I could talk to you every (laughs) single day. Now, do you think New York City is a miracle? (laughs) You should see all the miracles that are waiting for me, right? <laughs> when I walk out my front door. Um. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. My brother and sister live in New York and I love going to visit them. But I have to say, it's, it's I mean, you need self-care if you live in New York Ooh. for sure. 110%. Talk about frequency. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, something I'm trying to be so mindful of. And to your point about like grounding energy and uh, grounding your feet, right? Mm-hmm. Getting on the earth, like kind of a challenge <laughs> central park <laughs> what do you think about the grounding mats though have you seen them the- I, I have one actually do you uh i've used it um i i think they're good but it's they're expensive and if you can just get barefoot and and be mm-hmm. outside i mean in la it's not you know the most pleasant experience to walk around barefoot either i've never been so excited to see a patch of grass when i go back to massachusetts <laughs> um but i think 
yeah whenever you can just you know if, if it's not accessible to you every day then just do it when you can and I think a grounding that I have one and I like it and um but just being conscious of it like when is the last time I was barefoot you know like when is the last time that I consciously thought about like putting my foot on the earth mm-hmm. even right now like you know we're four flare four levels in the air and I am on airplanes all the time and I don't like you don't think that oh this isn't natural like we're floating right now oh I never thought <laughs> you <know>? about that <laughs> but I live on the 15th floor yeah. and I work on the 27th floor mm-hmm. and I'm already so vata so oh yeah you're never grounded I got some imbalances going on yeah you gotta <laughs> get those shoes off I did take my shoes off um in Central Park yeah uh, uh with my brother a couple like months ago and I was like oh I'm just trying to get some vitamin G yeah. and he's like you're 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 weird like this is too much <laughs> I love you this is too much but I was like no it's so good um but seriously it, it is and yeah. you do feel different and oh, it's di- sure. it's so different than just being there with your sneakers on and yeah there's just like a little disconnect between you and the earth yeah I love that and your other tips for us were grounding our feet we I think if drinking you can drink mineral water, yeah, spring, spring water, water, I think is the best. And I'm like, I will order spring water at restaurants. And I like, that's me investing in myself because I feel different when I drink it. I'm like this. What's know, a good example of a spring water? Well, like a Poland spring? I, so I get water <laughs> delivered. to my <laughs> <laughs> If you live in LA, I do have to give them a shout out. There's this place called Live Water and they go, and they actually go to a, a spring and they bring it to your house. So it's a, it's a natural spring in L.A. Um, and I am obsessed with their water. But um, I mean, if the biggest thing is don't drink tap water. Oh, no. So that's do not, my whole life. Oh, you, no, no. I do no. have a filter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I, Doesn't matter. I'm not a fan of, of tap water. It's it's dead and any mineral in it is like something artificial that's been like put in there to balance out something else that you don't want to be drinking and that can be fluoride which there's this whole thing with fluoride that you can look up on your own I'm not going to go into it right now. oh no when yeah. I was little I had to do fluoride pills everybody did and yeah. you don't want to know why you were happy <laughs> to do that oh, no. it's not for your teeth um but <laughs> google that on your own now I can't wait I'll link it in the show notes um so yeah, I think if you if you can not do um, tap water, if you're doing it filtered, that's better than tap. Uh, the best of the best is is if you can get spring. Uh, so Poland spring, the only issue I have with them is the the plastic is so like thin on those bottles that I mean I try to do like spring water out of glass. That's my best of my mm. best recommendation. Um, but some water you're paying for, like it's just so crazy because you're paying for filtered tap water it's just in a bottle yeah like what are your thoughts on dasani like the devil that i told dom yesterday it was the devil's water yeah it has isn't it salt salt in it yeah so it's (laughs) but these are the things that it's like look a little deeper you know that's that's the main thing i can say to people like don't trust just something just because it's you know in a bottle on a store because i'm telling you people do not have your best interest at heart and it's terrible to say but it's a money you know driven world that we live in so no, you're you're paying for filtered tap water pretty much when you do like a Dasani. If it doesn't say spring and it says filtered, mm. it's just filtered tap water. So, I mean, <laughs> well, we rest our case, okay? Evian is pretty good. Their plastic is thicker too, usually mm. on their bottle. So, yeah, that's a great. That's actually a great one. I always thought oh. that that one tasted differently. Like it tastes a little soft or something. Yeah, you can also, if you, uh, there's a website called findaspring.com that you can go to and um, it's amazing. Like all these people got together and marked local springs in every state and uh, you can go just get your own spring water, which women have like had issues breastfeeding before and spring water has like restored them to have the ability to like breastfeed because it's restored like so much mineral um, intake in their body and it's, it's really magical and it's something like, why do you think you, in every town there's a spring street? because that used to be the way that people like no. found the spring yeah <laughs> wow because that's how you you know survived and it's being filtered like through rocks and through like amazing th- it's like gold like it's it's like i will always invest in my water i am convinced 
I'm yeah, we're made of water. We're like, I think crazy, yeah. like 80%. I don't know what the exact percent, but it's high I that know. we are water. So like, it's very important. And people like, we don't even think about it. No. So we just take what we're given. Just exactly. like the blue lights. Exactly. But also eating seasonally. And like, you know, if you can go to farmer's markets and it's, it goes back to that tribal thing of like, we drank spring water. We were under amber light. You know, we were grounded to the earth and we were eating seasonally, which is why kind of like that paleo thing kind of took off because people got into that. But, um, you know, that's how we stayed nutrient like rich and, and you're seeing so much stuff right now, you know, like gluten intolerance. And I mean, so much stuff with people and food that we've never seen before and when you're getting i mean even at like whole foods and stuff like sometimes the produce is dead because it's traveled like from other states and Mm. been sitting for so long that trying to get the nutrients from the food is an issue it's not like if you just have a spring like a spring salad or something that you're getting everything that you need so if, if you can do farmer's markets eat locally eat seasonally spring water amber light airplane mode on the cell phone grounding those are my main I love it. (laughs) And where can we find you? You can find me um, raising lions on Instagram. Um, It's raising underscore lions spelled L Y O N S. And then uh, same thing, raising dash lions.com. And those are the main ways. I also have a skincare company that I do with our mutual friend Kara that I love. It's all natural. It's essential oil, all plant-based and it's we're so passionate about it because it's such a self-care ritual to use essential oils and straight from the plants and i mean you can i mean there's no regulation on skincare so who the heck knows what's going on in your body if it's not natural and also the word all natural is not mm. regulated so anything on the store brands can be uh natural so also my tip is invest in good skincare because your skin's an organ and it's absorbent and you need to be careful what you're putting yes. on your body so their brand is called Soul Sunday. Soul Sunday. And interesting fact, your trip. Yes, I hope I'm saying the line, this yes. right. Um, but your trip right after uh, Shay had quit her job and you know went and traveled Europe, they got inspired yes. to start this brand. We did, yeah. And spoiler, spoiler yeah, alert. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Yeah. Oh, oh, do you want to spoiler alert that? I was going to spoiler alert that you guys are coming on to talk oh, about it. Yeah, we're coming on to talk about <laughs> but it. But so feel free to really spoil it if you want. The self-care thing we've gotten so much more passionate about. So we are launching um, a kind of sister line to Soul Sunday that's very much regimented in a a self-care, skincare ritual. So uh, we're really excited to to launch that. I think it should be coming in January. And uh, I can't say too much more about it, but it's going to be super special and just like very grounded and very comforting and, and something we put a lot of love and energy into into really empowering women to have a strong self-care ritual because mm-hmm. we need it. We need it. <laughs> and um, Shay will be back with our dear friend, Kara. Yes, we love so you, so magical. We love you so much. Um, thank you so much of for course. coming on today. Thank this you. was so great. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. You're just such a gift. And I hope everybody continues to listen because I mean, there's amazing people coming on. A lot of my good friends are coming and going to share their wisdom. And we really need this this energy and this connection and these words and I'm just so proud of you and what you're doing and I really encourage everyone to to stay tuned I'm so proud of you (laughs) thank you love you guys love you bye wow you made it all the way to the end of episode one you are a rock star I hope you found something super valuable in here for you something that you can infuse into your life today or tomorrow that's part of a much larger transformation. I hope you have a wonderful week ahead and I can't wait to see you next time for your weekly dose of beauty therapy.